0: Hey, topsters. I think it's really important sometimes to stop and really listen and understand someone else's perspective, especially if it's like a polar opposite, because we can always learn from each other. And that's part of the reason why I have so many different business owners with different business models to kind of show that you really can be successful and tailoring it to your specific needs and the way that you work and also your specific clientele. And this episode is absolutely no different. It is definitely one to listen to. Um, I'm also going to start it a little differently. I'm going to start with the very end of the interview, just because it's really funny to me. And I think it's just a really cool way to start this particular episode. So let's get into it. Did you have fun? I did. It was great. (laughs) Did you have fun?
1: (laughs) Yes. I've been called a character a little bit before.
0: (laughs) Welcome to the Travel Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Aileen Blanco. I interview successful industry professionals and share my personal journey to becoming a travel agent. The show is for aspiring travel agents and travel professionals at every level. My mission is to uncover the universal keys to thrive in this business. Join me as I take a closer look into the life of a travel agent. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Travel agent podcast. Today we have another special guest and I'm going to let him introduce himself.
1: Hi, I'm David Eisen with Ondavo Travel and Lux Rally Travel.
0: Let's just kind of start like I always start and just kind of how did you get started in the travel industry?
1: So I was, uh, it, it, it's funny, it, it started in an exotic car rally and it was kind of a, I, I started working with exotic car rallies uh, out of out of revenge for a wrong, um, which was kind of funny. It, it just happened, right? And basically there was a, another rally that I didn't particularly like. So I went to go help and assist um a up and coming rally with trying to get more cars and things like that. So an exotic car rally, a lot of people don't know, is basically a point-to-point tour. Think of it like a uh from a travel agent side, a tour operator would do a seven city tour, but instead of having a awful tour bus, you ride in a Ferrari. Uh, usually that the owner of the car, you know, is the one participating in the tour. So it's not it's not like a, you know, a set thing where, you know, if you don't own a car, you can join a rally. Typically you have to own a car. So the barrier to entry is quite high. Because you not only have to pay the five or ten thousand dollars for the tour, but you also have to pay the three hundred thousand dollars for the car. So basically, uh, there was a little bit of a uh, you know scuffle, which I won't get into, with a large, uh, very famous well, famous in the U.S. rally, I should say. Um, And I went off to help another rally. So when I went off to help that other rally. Uh, they were doing 125 room blocks and they were struggling with budget a lot of the time so i said you know if we can get the price of your hotels down then you can use that money for other things they were like okay let's let's try it and we ended up you know i ended up understanding the negotiation back and forth with these hotel group you know with different hotels for group bookings so we're looking at 30 you know 40 points discount rates and you know it it i learned it from a friend of mine named alex who actually works as our head concierge uh, at lux rally travel now so he uh he worked in a hotel he worked as a concierge manager and um front office manager and a bunch of other positions as he worked his way up uh so called at the manager oriental or trump hotels at um you know at one point he was an assistant to a very famous movie star you would all know but i don't feel uh right disclosing um but he he has a lot of history and you know he helped me to understand that and this was probably back in 2015 so around 2018 uh me and the gentleman at the other rally had a i, I wouldn't call it a falling out he probably call it a falling out but i mean it just was a dollars and cents type thing um and basically, we just we couldn't come to an agreement. So I decided, you know, I really wanted to do something where I could control and have ultra luxury um, properties, you know, built into our trip. And I, I said to myself, I mean, the problem I had was it, he was selling to a price sensitive market of Ferrari owners. And to me, that never made a lot of sense. I, I'm like, if you can afford a Ferrari, you should be able to afford a five star ultra luxury hotel. Like it shouldn't have to be, you know, one or the other. Um, so I was just not into that vibe. So I started my own rally and hired a butler and a concierge and people to follow around the rally. And the butler was somewhat newer to our product base. I mean, we've only had him for a year um, and he works as a sub-agent to me the rest of the year, But um, you know, we ended up building out this ultra luxury rally. Um, You know, I mean, you want to bring your dog on a rally, your dog will ride in the back of a Cadillac and, you know, be fed all day and, you know, get steak at night or whatever you'd like your dog to be fed. And, you know, that will be the, we always uh, like to joke that a dog on our rally gets treated better than a, a client on any other rally. So, you know, we work really hard to, have that kind of ultra luxury reputation. So, one day, you know, I was booking, and you know, it, I got this. I was getting these questions from clients like, "Hey, where should I book? You always pick these great hotels. guys oh, you should go here. Oh, you should go there." And at some point, it occurred to me: if I'm recommending this stuff all day, won't <laughs> I just become a travel agent. It's a natural fit. It'll naturally make me money. So, I became a travel agent, and. You know, from there on out, it was, you know, it started off really small. I mean, it wasn't the first year I maybe, I, I know I didn't clear six figures. Um, I mean, it was probably 30, 40 something. I mean, nothing crazy. You know, I would get, you know, a, a $2,000 booking and be like, hooray. You know, and that's that's how we all start, right? You know, and you're just like, that's cool. Like making side, side money, you know, a couple grand a month here or there, you know, not that. And then, you know, 2020 hit during COVID. And that's really where I, you know, I was I was starting to take off. I mean, we were starting to get to five figure sums each month. Um, you know, which is real career money kind of thing. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, you know, and then COVID struck and everything got canceled for two months. So I mean, it occurred to me that really who you want is at least during COVID. And it's about being like malleable to market. The entire, if you look at the people that are struggling versus the people that are successful, the people that are successful pretty much have Republican clients that don't engage in COVID. So you're gonna struggle if your clientele has a basic opposition to, you know, or fright or emotional response to COVID-19 and their fears about it, versus if you have a group of people that have no fears about it and are borderline in denial about its existence. So the question is is do you know how to cater those people? And I mean, I'll be honest, back in 2016, I did a lot with a uh in politics, um, you know, going back even further, I'm on a membership committee at the National Republican Club and, you know, I, I knew that clientele, right? I knew it well, um, I know what types of people are like, I mean, I had people start to travel in June, asking me where they could go internationally. And the biggest conflict I had was telling a client that no, they couldn't go to India no they really really couldn't go to india the borders are closed he's like but i want to go and that was the biggest conflict i was dealing with over COVID, right you know we were we we had the clientele that just did not respond to it and you know didn't have a care about all of this you know like scare stuff or whatever i mean even with delta variant i know a lot of agents I watch them on the chats go. Oh my God, you know I'm down to I I had to cancel all of my bookings, and I'm like I don't I don't see that, right? I just don't see them canceling all their bookings. I don't see this problem because all it takes is CNN saying for ten seconds, oh you know, we're this there's, there's Delta variant, and all of a sudden half the country goes into fright and half the country doesn't. So no matter what side of the aisle you're on, that is the realistic nature of it, right? They were trying to go to Greece and I'm like, you can't, you you should have never booked this, you know? And I'm like, had I known, I would have told you, save your time, save your money, save the trying to get out of the non-refundable whatever, because you need to wait to go to Europe. And, you know, it's just not your time. This is for people that, you know, want to get away, don't care about the risk and have accepted it. You know, I mean, it's the same thing even with cruises. You know, you look at cruises and you say, who's going on in cruises? Well, you have to be pretty much not afraid of COVID to go on a cruise, right? Like, you, you, you can't, you can, say, you can say, the cruise can say everyone has to be vaccinated. It can say everyone has to wear a mask. But let's be honest, there's going to be certain people that believe that that will work and certain people that just don't care if it works. And the people that are really going are the people that just don't care because nobody really believes that that will that will stop you from getting COVID on a closed environment like a ship. Right. So you know it's it's an interesting way to prospect clients, but it seems to work for me. And you know, I I'm not in your face to clients about it. But at the same time, there are certain people where I feel the need to really you know try and frankly dissuade them from booking anything because i just know they're going to be unreliable travelers um so it drives my cancellation rates down but it also makes sure i don't waste time on people that can't actually travel you know it's it's funny i i've had agents that you know, I've spoken to or worked with, uh, I have some agents that do, you know, my collections from hotels when they get behind and things like that. And they always go "I'm slow. I go, well, who are you targeting? And almost every time I hear I'm slow, it's because their target market, they live in somewhere like a California or New Mexico, or somewhere where their surrounding community is very afraid of COVID, right? Or they're older. And You know, like I I know an older lady in New Mexico, an older lady in California that are both selling travel, but are afraid to travel themselves, right? So how can you tell somebody it's safe, right? Or anything like that when your culture is not, you know what I mean? it's, It doesn't feel that it's safe. You don't feel that it's safe. So it's hard to sell something you don't believe in. Now, I mean, I got COVID already. I'm vaccinated, right? And frankly, if I get COVID again, that's fine too. I mean, not optimally, optimally, but you know, if it happens, it happens, right? And that's what I tell all of my clients. You know, it's you're you understand that if you're older, if you're at risk, you know, if there's other things going on, then you should make your own decision. I had somebody say to me, "Do you think uh, I want to go on a cruise? Would you book your mother a cruise?" And I said, well, my mother <laughs> would go on a cruise no matter what, regardless of COVID. And the only thing holding her back is that she's unvaccinated. Now, I don't control my mother's decision making. My mother would be the one to tell you if she's going on a cruise or not. Right. So would I say to you, you know, yes, I booked her on a cruise. Well, the simple answer is, of course I would. Right. But that's at her request, just like it has to be at your request. What you're comfortable with is what you're comfortable with. So part of selling during COVID is literally persuading people not to go on vacation, not to go anywhere. And that seems to have worked for me. Um, And I pick up very conservative clients that, you know, are very honest with me. Um, You know, I mean, our biggest problem is finding places they, a lot of them can go because they're unvaccinated um, for whatever reason. And, you know, and, there's, you know, becoming more and more limited of a world they can go to, but, you know, generally, I saw a lot of Mexico this year. In previous years, I wouldn't have. I know a lot about the U.S., uh, a lot about driving. Um, you know, I, I sell, of course, a ton of Trump hotels. So, you know, when Virtuoso took them out of the program, that was, that was very um, bothersome to me because at the end of the day. I was selling them. I know a lot of people that are selling them because there's a certain demographic that visits them. And I think as as travel agents, it's not that we should ever say I only sell to conservatives or I only sell to Republicans or I only sell to liberals or whatever. I think we should sell all kinds of travel, but I think we should sell travel honestly, right? You know, if a, a client is, you know, like I I saw a trip, right, and it's going to Antarctica. And they fly you on a private jet to Antarctica to see the penguins. Okay. Then they have all this environmental stuff on their website. Well, you can't really have both, right? You can't fly in somewhere on a private jet and then tell everybody, oh, yes, we're here to save the environment, right? Now, at the same time, you look at somewhere like a one-hotel South Beach. They really, you know, they don't allow people to have plastic water bottles. They... You know, have all the sustainability stuff. That the floors are made of sustainability, whatever, right? That is something that when somebody's going to Miami and I know they are, you know, a leftist, I will say, hey, this is a great hotel for you. It has, you know, recyclable water bottles and a yoga studio and everything else. So you sell to people's emotions and what they want, right? You know, to Antarctica, I said, you know. I have one client that's obsessed with plastic straws. I, you know, said to him, I'm like, hey, look, you could take your plastic straw if you're getting off your private jet and take a photo in front of the penguins. You'll love it. And you know what? He wanted to go on a trip, you know? And people ask me, what's your secret? I go, just being honest, right? Don't don't try and say you're, you're this or that when you're not, right? And I think that's the biggest thing is that, People are afraid to be honest or are selling the wrong thing to the wrong person, right? And people, you you know, you just, especially in this day and age with everything kind of relatively political, right? This is, you know, where you really, you want people to feel comfortable where they're going, right? You don't want them getting chased away out of a smoking zone because they're smokers. You don't want them, you know, getting out out by a hotel. Um, And you don't want the person going there and feeling uncomfortable too. You know, there are, you know, people that go to a hotel and feel uncomfortable for other reasons, right? So each hotel has its own brand and its own market, right? You don't want to send, you know, a, it's funny. I sell Trump Waikiki all the time, right? And I sell it mostly, right? to people from California that are likely leftists but feel safe going to Hawaii because of all the restrictions, okay? Why did I choose the Trump Waikiki? Because I say, well, the Sheridan across the street is 800 a night, or you can have this beautiful suite at the Ford's five-star Trump for 800 a night. And they always go, my wife is going to kill me or my husband is going to kill me, but that looks really nice, right? So they know going into it, Right, what they're doing. And there are some people that say absolutely not, never. Right. And then we just move on to the shared in Waikiki because it'll make them happy. Right. But they know that at least I offered it to them. Right. And explained what it was and explained the advantages and disadvantages, at least to them. Right. I know you probably don't like Trump, but <laughs> this deal is really good. So. politics is just one example of that too right you know there's other things that go into a hotel you know there's do they have butler service will they close off the road for their cars is there this or that especially in the luxury space and you know there's also just sometimes no decision making really it's just does this location does it match your budget and you know does it do everything you need it to um you know and that's how i really got into it that's how i think i've been successful at it so you know this is being once again honest right it might not be what everybody wants to hear there's probably half the people have already shut this off and said i hate this guy right and that's okay but the people that do keep it on and listen and say how can i be more honest as an agent i think will be more successful. And to look at your client base and say, what do they want to hear? Do they want to hear about the you know glass bottles and no plastics? Or are they screaming about a paper straw? Right? Which one is your client? And then accept that in order for them to like you and want to do more business with you, they want to know that you know what they value.
0: Honest sales is the best sales, and this. Like directly goes about when you start a business, figuring out with your own personal values um, and and your culture for your business, because that speaks volumes and that's how people are going to be attracted to you. And I, I love how honest you are. But my question is, um, since you are kind of sending people who aren't necessarily scared of COVID, how do you protect yourself and your business in the event something happens? Well, I mean,
1: that's what insurance is for. And also, I mean, when I get asked the question, could I get COVID on this trip? The answer is yes. I mean, I I I don't I don't know, you know, what else to say to people. Can you get COVID in your house? The answer is yes. Do you sue your apartment building if you get COVID in your house? The answer is no. So you're making an individual decision on you know, do I get COVID or do I not? Right. And do I do something that could be perceived as a higher risk or a lower risk? And that's, that's really on you, right? Like, I don't, I'm not forcing anybody to take a vacation. I'm not their employer that says you have to go to Mexico tomorrow. Right. They, they know COVID is happening, you know, and I think uh, that's something as travel agents, you know, we, we just have to accept that COVID is, happening right and there's people that want to travel and don't and they're taking their their risk and i'm not telling anybody medical facts or whether they should medically travel i'm not a doctor i i don't i don't know if you get covid if you'll die or not right i don't know if it'll be like me where I, it felt like hangover symptoms or you'll be on a ventilator that's not my decision to make right that's your decision to make fully understanding the risk of travel right? Or not travel. I got COVID in my house. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> it had nothing to do with traveling and got it in my house. So here we are. I probably was better off going to Mexico. So who knows, right? <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> so how are you handling the influx of, of clients? You like your onboarding or your systems? Like, what does that kind of look like since it kind of ramped up pretty quickly um, over COVID? Um, I mean, I use client base,
1: you know, which is issued out of my host agency on Davo. Um, I keep an Excel file with everything that's paid and unpaid and, you know, use filters in it, but it's pretty straightforward. And then, um, you know, I look at who's traveling each day. I sort it by uh, arrival date and then look at who's traveling now and where they're traveling and reach out to them. And, You know, my real key to keeping everything organized, though, is not really keeping it organized, but just handling everything at the time that it's occurring. So somebody says, I need a late check-in at this hotel, 12 p.m., or an early late check-in, early check-in, right, at 12 p.m. instead of 3. Instead of waiting and putting out a to-do list, while I'm on the phone with them or get the text, I just go out and send an email you know, to the BDM or whoever and say, I need a early check it, right? And then every day I go back through my schedule, right? Or every week, right? And go back and look through my messages to make sure I didn't miss anything, right? And then follow up with that person if they haven't responded or whatever. But usually I'll get a response back in half an hour or an hour, right? And then I just send it off to the client. You're all set. And then forget about it, right? Until it needs to be referenced again. Hotels are where I'm not one of those people that calls the hotel four times to reconfirm the same thing that I reconfirmed two minutes ago. I just don't have the time for all that. Yeah, I mean, generally that's that's how I how I keep organized.
0: I love like the straightforward, honest, simple business. I think that that model gets overlooked a lot. Um, I think that a lot of travel agents make it more complicated than it needs to be, and. I'm I'm very impressed by uh your not necessarily a pivot but I'm I'm impressed by how you decided to work your business over the pandemic because you are absolutely right. There are people who are either doing really really well or they're not. And I mean obviously some of it is most likely political but also I think it's just, you know, we all typically find ourselves on one side or the other of different issues and you found the side that is ready to go
1: (laughs) yep i mean it's fun (laughs) you know being able to still do everything and you know have people interested in travel i think it's important you know
0: so is there Um, anything that you have going on like that's coming up that's really i mean outside of the article like what do you have going on that's really exciting uh coming up in the future
1: so we have an exotic car rally in october um it's pretty close to sort, sort of out it's going in and out as uh where people are adjusting and there's a couple people that are scared of COVID on the rally but we only have like two of them so you know it's okay um but basically we it's it a we have that coming up uh we just have day-to-day sales i mean it's how much time can i dedicate you know i mean today i did you know a very large trip to Dubai for next week and you know our September October November was looking a little slow as it is for a lot of agents especially now with no corporate travel but it actually seems this week it's started to fill it in quite nicely and you know, it should actually be a little bit better than the last quarter so you know right when you think the going gets tough it seems like it kind of just comes back up again and I guess you know we were in our august going eh, things are a little slow but i suppose i'm just learning my schedule of my clients to you know when it seems like september october november has been a lot of bookings for only a couple of days from now so they'll book for the fifth for the sixth you know of september for the 10th of september i've seen a ton of traffic for the next three weeks over the last two days so you know, I mean, moving forward, I think that's the only thing that is, you know, maybe a side effect of the Delta variant, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if people are just waiting because, you know, like there's a guy I know that wants a trip to Paris and I know he's going unless his meeting gets canceled. And I think his biggest fear is his meeting getting canceled rather than him going. And the discussion we had yesterday was if my meeting gets canceled. You think they're going to shut down all of Paris, to which I responded with, or, you know, France, to which I responded with, probably not, but you never know, right? You know, they might make a quarantine or not, but he has his vax card, so at least it's in a little better position than most. And, you know, I mean, this trips in 12 days. So he could end up, you know, he's a business class, nonstop liar, full fare, if he has to kind of guy. Uh, so in a way, the waiting might actually end up making me more because obviously the higher the airline fare, the larger the commission. And I can say that on his program. And if he listened to it, he'd probably laugh because I've told him this about eight times in the last two weeks. And you know, I'm just being honest. I go, he goes, what if I wait? I go, I love it when you wait. I'll tell clients, can I wait a day? Sure. Why? Well, when the price goes up 20 to 30%, or 50% because you waited. Well, then I make another 20 to 30% or more because of the class in in airfares, but, or more. So, hey, wait all your life. I'd love for you to book the day before. And, you know, a lot of times that drives people to give me their credit card right then and there. (laughs) They're like, okay, you know, I mean, he's being honest. I'm like, I don't set the price of these hotels, right? If you want to wait till the last minute or you want to check with this person or that person, that's fine. I'm just going to give you a new price if there's a new price. And I'm going to make more or sometimes less, but most of the time it's more. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I'm just honest all the way through. And, you know, I think that gives comfort to a lot of people.
0: Do you charge a fee?
1: no i hate service fees i hate the idea of service fees the only time i charge a service fee is if it's just a domestic airline ticket booking in which case i tell them go on google you can do it yourself there's no reason to have me doing this unless you want somebody that can fix your problems without calling a 1-800 number in which case i charge 25 bucks just to cover the time that it takes to do it and the fee that comes from my host agency but i hate service fees anyone that's charging a service fee i think it's an idiot I
0: love your perspective
1: (laughs) because if you're charging a service fee, that means your prospecting sucks, right? Like just being honest, you just don't know how to find good clients. And that means you have to push away even more of your clients instead of just creating good experiences for them that create shareable moments with their friends. Right. So you're looking to share moments with, you know, people are looking to share moments with their friends and they're like, I paid $250 for somebody to plan an all inclusive. How long does it take you to quote the one of, you know, 100 all inclusives? And then if you just ask their their dates, their budget, their, you know, basic qualifying questions, right? Usually it's down to five resorts. And if you book enough volume, you won't have to spend all that time telling them which resort they'll like. You just say, well, you know, these two resorts are good at this. These two resorts are good at this. And this resort's good at this. And here are the prices. And then within five minutes, you can make, you know, a five, seven hundred, eight 700 $800 commissionable booking, or even a $300 one, or whatever it is that's relative, you know, to you, right? So you can make a few hundred dollars, right? But in minutes, if you're doing enough volume. So I'm not really concerned, right, with service fees because, I mean, at the end of the day, how long does it actually take me to quote somebody something? seconds. right? It takes me seconds. And if my reputation isn't built up enough where they can see the value in a natural sense of having a travel agent, I get the question all the time. Should I go with Amex? I'm like, look, if you want anonymous service and just like the convenience of booking online and when the hotel stinks, you spend 40 minutes on hold with American Express to fix it, I'm sure they'll get you like a refund for a night or whatever. Or you can go hunt down the manager in the hotel yourself, you know, but hey, if your time is that valueless where you're like, hey, this is worth an hour or two of my time to get this, you know, compensation or get the problem fixed in the first place. So you don't even have to have compensation, right? If you make, you know, less than 50 bucks or hundred bucks an hour, then I get it. It makes sense to go duke it out but if not then ask yourself do you really want to spend an hour or two on the phone with american express when your room's messed up and then it's too late to change it or whatever versus me who can just call in and get your room changed in 30 seconds and you just go down to the desk move your stuff and you're done You will probably still give you something for free anyway because you were inconvenienced or spend an hour or two i mean it doesn't matter to me go ahead and book with them i'm not you know I'm not crawling and groveling for, you know, your 450 hour a night booking. You don't see the value. You don't see the value. And that's why I don't charge any service fees. It's easy to show people value. If you're good at service, you're good at prospecting and you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to charge a service fee. I mean, I get tips as service fees. I've had people literally force money upon me. Right. And it's just the easiest way to accept it. Right. I have made a couple thousand dollars or more off of this this year, but it makes up such a small percentage of what I do. Service fees are the devil. They're horrible. Why would somebody pay you more for the same thing? It's stupid.
0: And that is why I love having a diverse group of travel professionals on the show, because everybody's got a different business model that works for them. And obviously you were doing very, very well. And so regardless of what your stance is, it's always good to kind of just hear someone else out and see what they're doing, because uh, I have learned a lot from this call and maybe changing a couple of things in my own business just because um, some of the things kind of hit home. So I appreciate you taking the time to speak with um, me today and being on the on the podcast. And I look forward to kind of watching your journey and see how you are next summer because I I think that you're just really going to grow and grow and be even more amazing than you already are now.
1: Oh, thank you. I
0: guess
1: amazing. (laughs) is just, I sell travel, but sure.
0: (laughs) Hey, you know, selling travel isn't for the pain of heart. Like it's, it's, it's not fun.
1: (laughs) It's fun though. There's worse jobs in the world. Absolutely. I'll tell you, but
0: thank you. Thank you for joining the Travel Agent Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Visit the travelagentpodcast.com for more information about today's episode and other travel agent resources. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for new episodes. Until next time, continue to build a travel business you love.